Welcome to Three Blondes, One Battle. Hey guys. Hey, guys. hey Bobby. Hi guys. Hey, hey, hey. listeners. So we are very, very, very excited to come to you today to talk about um, how um, being overweight, managing multiple sclerosis uh, will actually scientifically um, uh, cause your disease to progress quicker. Um, and as you all know, and if you, if you don't know, if you're not battling it and you just uh, popped on to kind of find out more about MS, it is an autoimmune disease of the central nervous system. Um, and it's been associated with several environmental factors such as diet and obesity. So this isn't new. Um, it's just kind of new to sort of talk about on a podcast. So um, the possible link between MS and obesity, um, has become really more interesting in the past several years. Um, just because of the discovery of sort of, uh, picking apart adipose tissue and seeing how that an adipose tissue is fat tissue, um, and see how it interacts between two other cells in your body. So the fat cells interacting with the, um, immune cells and then the neural cells. So that's actually what we're going to talk about today. Um, but we did, while we were chatting before we came live, we did kind of talk about, um, whether a link existed between developing MS and obesity, um, or, you know, is there causation? So, so like if you're overweight, are you more apt to, to get MS? So there, there is a link, but the link does not imply that causation, um, So the link actually indicates that some sort of connection or association exists between the two, but they're not quite sure why. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just, it's, it, because of that, it's just important to sort of pay attention um, and just keep up with the science when it comes to uh, fat cells and kind of what's going on in your body. Um, One thing that I ran across, which is crazy. Um, 35% of the world, I'll tell you what the United States is, and I'm sure you can guess 35%. I know, man, 35% of the world has a BMI of overweight or obese. And so what that looks like is overweight is 25% of your body is fat or greater. So it could be up to 50% of your body. If you're, you know, um, severely obese, um, but 35% of the world. Now, when it comes to the United States, uh, and this was conducted in 2017, 2018, they haven't done a study since then. Um, 42.5% of Americans are overweight or obese. So that's half of our less than half. Yeah. And you can find all that. So the last study was through national health and nutrition is, is what their study group is called. Um, but yeah, that was 2018. You guys, can you imagine what it is right now? Well, it kind of makes you wonder because, you know, we were, you know, in our homes a lot more pandemic, right? The pandemic, everyone that I've talked to definitely struggled with you're at home all the time, you're eating and you're putting Mm -hmm. bad, you know, you have the wrong fried food in your house and you're overeating and you're getting Mm -hmm. takeout and yeah, Yeah. takeout. Well, and the thing is like you were saying, like here in America, I feel like everything's a convenience. Everybody wants convenience. Everybody wants something quick. Everybody doesn't want to put, you know, too much work 
into it because America is very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when I say BMI, uh, you know, there's probably people out there rolling their eyeballs, but here's the thing about BMI, um, (laughs) whether you like it or not, uh, it's irrelevant because scientific studies show that a high BMI correlates with disease, whether, whether we're talking about MS, whether we're talking about heart disease, whether we're talking anything like diabetes, uh, it, it, it it matters, you you know, so roll your eyes or not, you need to pay attention to that. And yeah, it's very easy. You just type in um, BMI for my height, right. And you could type in your height, you type in your weight and you see where you are on the scale. Um, so yeah. And of course, over recent decades, you know, you look at our children, you look at the obesity problem, starting with the children. Um, and then it's just as high. Yeah. I, so I didn't, I didn't get the stat, the stat for that, but just look around, you know, when you go to target or Walmart or go out to eat, like, just look around. It's just, it's more, it's more, you can see more of that than when we were, you know, teenagers or in our twenties. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad. And so, and they, and they wonder why one in four people have autoimmune diseases. So if, if BMI is uh, grossly, you know, uh, congruent with people right. getting autoimmune diseases, then right. yeah, these kiddos are going to turn, you know, in their teen, in their teens and in their twenties, they're going to develop diseases. So, um, yeah. So, okay. So this study that we actually pulled in, we'll put it in the show notes. It's, it's actually 2016 and it's titled multiple sclerosis and obesity, possible roles of, um, adipose. So basically the adipose tissue, um, the fat cells. Um, so there's a constant cell communication constant going on between the immune cells, the neural cells and the adipose tissue cells. Um, so, so we're going to kind of like visualize this together. I did take notes about this and sort of, um, you know, tried to change like the bigger words to kind of make it easier to sort of visualize what's happening between if you want to kind of visualize three different cells and they're all connecting. Um, so first we'll talk about the fat cells. So fat cells in your body release leptin, resistin, and visphatin. Um, these all release a low-grade inflammatory state in obese patients. So inflammatory, not inflammatory. So yeah. inflammatory. So it, 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 you're already in a low inflammatory state if you yeah. are releasing a lot of fat cells. Um, the more fat cells one has on a body, the more of those are released. And these hormones actually lower a cytokine called adiponectin. So I'm going to tell you what that is. So it lowers it. So it lowers, I just said it lowers this cytokine. So this cytokine is actually involved with molecular, like a ton of different molecular and cellular events, including lipid metabolism, energy regulation, immune response, inflammation, insulin sensitivity. It has a protective effect on neurons and on your neural stem cells. So again, the more fat cells one has, the less of these are being released in your body. So that's kind of step one. So that that's sort of what the fat cells are doing negatively for those managing MS. So the next cells um, that we can kind of move on to are the immune cells. Um, mm-hmm. 
T cells, I don't know if you remember from biology class, um, but T cells are the cells in the immune system that detect viruses or bacteria. Mm -hmm. So T cells migrate into your CNS, the central nervous system and cytokines actually. So when we say cytokines, you know, how they, they talk about like cytokine storms, mm -hmm. right? There's a release. Yeah. Mm -hmm like the cytokine storm was, was a big thing with, uh, the Rona. So cytokines are the hormonal messengers responsible for most of the biological effects in the immune system, such as cell mediated immunity and allergic type responses. So although they are numerous cytokines can be functionally divided into two groups, pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there's two different types, one that helps you, one that hurts you. So with an increase in the fat cells, what they find is it in causes an increased amount and it's called the TH1, TH17, basically the pro inflammatory cytokines and a decrease in the anti inflammatory cytokines. Um, so that right there, you're screwed. Number two. Okay. So, so number one, uh, you have less, uh, you know, less of these, uh, adiponectins, which are amazing protective, uh, cytokine proteins. And then secondly, you're going to have a decrease in the anti-inflammatory. So now, you know, you got two dings. So yeah. then, so then we move on to how the immune cells talk to the neural cells. So this is actually the worst part. So so if it didn't sound already bad being, you know, having too many fat cells, this is the actually worst part. The immune system cells now talk to the neural cells and it causes an accumulation of CNS infiltrating T cells, which is really bad. Um, wow. It increases axon demyelination. Oh, awesome. It increases the demyelination. Um, and remember the axons are the long projections coming out of a nerve cell that transfers the electrical impulses away from the neuron cells. So, I mean, those are a really big deal, right? We need those to be, right? we need those to yeah. be protected. Um, uh. So, uh, and then with that, it increases nitric oxide and it's called ROS, which isn't like a huge, you don't need to like look it up, but with, with that increase, it causes excess cell death. Oh, right. So it's just like, are you freaking kidding me? So, so exo, uh, ex excitatory, ugh, excitatory. How do I say this? Um, toxicity, what's it called? Um, excitotoxicity. Is that what it's called? Excitotoxicity. Um, that's the cell death. So basically that's just like a fancy word for it increases cell death. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a clear, a, a clear correlation between the increase in oxi oxidative stress and an increase in the disease progression. Um, it's just like so depressed. So, it, so yeah, so all of this, I mean, it's just like, you kind of have to like breathe for a second. You're like, okay, all of this is going on in my cell. Like I'm screwing yeah. myself basically. I'm screwing myself because all of this happening in the neural cells, it leads to that decrease in the remyelination, which you want, right? Right. Um, so it de it increases the demyelination and a demyelination disease for those that don't have MS or don't understand MS 
It's any condition that results in the damage to the protective covering, which is the myelin sheath that surrounds the nerve fibers in your brain, your optic nerves, and your spinal cord. Um, when the myelin sheath is damaged, the nerve impulses slow or even stop causing problems, which MS is one of the well, is the most common demyelination disease out there of the central nervous system. Um, there's other ones, but it is the most common. Um, so yeah, MS, you know, we're already attacking, we're already attacking our own myelin sheath. So then on top of that, you add excess fat cells that that's, it's going to cause even more demyelination. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, did you guys know that when it says, when it says multiple, so multiple obviously means multiple, multiple, like many, right. And sclerosis, yeah. do you guys know what sclerosis means? Heart new. I guess yeah. heart. So the, I didn't realize that. So, so multiple sclerosis. So the process that results in multiple areas of being scarred is sclerosis. Yeah. I didn't realize right. that. Um, so yeah, being overweight, uh, overweight increases your risk of being diagnosed with MS or worsening. Um, they've already shown that, um, now it doesn't cause you to be overweight. Did you guys see, okay. Did you guys see that stuff coming out that say, that said like MS is, is causing people to be overweight. Did you see that article? Yeah. That's not, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not. Yeah. Here's the thing about that y'all like, okay. So if you take steroids, which we really didn't get into, um, when you have an attack and yeah. take steroids, if you have to take steroids for a prolonged time, yes, you could put on the weight. Um, yeah. it might be a little bit, uh, harder, you know, with, with multiple sclerosis, it's harder to move around. So yes, you might be less active, um, but ultimately it goes back to our podcast last week, which 80% of what you look like is what you put in your mouth. Right. So nutrition. The, yeah. Nutrition. So the fact that, you know, you're blaming it on MS is kind of a cop-out. No, what you really need to do is flip it and say, oh, because I can't move as much, I better focus on what I can and what I can focus on is what I put in my mouth. So, um, yeah, controlling the things that you can have control over. Yeah. And that's the thing like you said, what we went back to, like mindset is a big, big, big part of that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean like what we talked about, definitely go listen last week, but it doesn't mean like gold cold, cold turkey going like hardcore, like take those steps because yeah. you're going to start adding more steps and more steps. And before you know it, you're at the top of the staircase. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about our own kind of, um, our, our own journeys because, you know, over Bobby has, uh, managed for 10, uh, Tara and I are close to, or, or 20, you know, close to 20. Yeah. Um, and you know, when it comes to the science, the science is already there. So you could choose to ignore that if you are overweight or obese, you are going to have a harder time managing MS or you could pay attention to it. So we're going to actually, I want, I want Bobby to kind of tell you when she was almost 200 pounds and mm -hmm. she still, she has, as you know, was managing MS. How about you tell us about like your symptoms about, you know, when you were overweight. So when I was overweight, which was after my, when my son was born. So little quick backstory, I gained over 80 pounds. So I noticed, and I was newly diagnosed. So I was a year in and I started realizing like my MS was out of control. I was doing uh, MRIs for six months at a time. So I had it two times a year 
because my MS was progressing. And it got to the point that I have so many lesions in my brain that they don't really count them anymore. They just kind of see if there's any new ones. Mm-hmm. They don't even answer me like how many I have. But um, I noticed my fatigue was horrendous. I have problems with my legs because of MS attacks my legs the most. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that my legs were in constant pain. So ever since then I deal with chronic pain, even still today, but looking back then I couldn't even stand for like five minutes because it just felt like someone was constantly stabbing me. I was tired. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel happy about myself. So, and during this whole time, I wasn't taking care of myself. I had uh, my son and trying to figure out, you know, what am I doing after the military, trying to go to school. And mentally, I was just really declining because I had so much else going on that I I really wasn't focusing on myself. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say, Tara? And I'll, I'll, I'll tell about my experience. What would you say when you're not your healthy weight? Right. And so I, um, I have not necessarily struggled with being overweight where my BMI was not at the optimal, um, I guess at the optimal level, but I, my biggest struggle, I can always tell, even I call it like a skinny fat. Like I felt like no one would necessarily look at me and say, um, you look like you're fat or overweight, but I definitely noticed a correlation when I was, um, maybe putting on a couple an extra couple pounds or just feeling unhealthy. It was typically goes back and you just mentioned it on Nikki is what I was putting in my mouth. And I definitely, notice a correlation with my MS. Um, I experienced physical changes and also to my MS, I experienced an increase in MS symptoms when I put certain things in my mouth. And I know even when I'm doing it, like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Like my vision's changing or I get a pretty fatigued or if I'm just not being healthy and what I'm, what I'm doing, either exercise or eating, I can totally tell with my MS. So it's, so it's so interesting, um, how we feel and how, um, you know, if we're paying attention to, um, exercise our body, the muscle versus our fat cells, like, and what we're putting in our mouth. Um, I, in my own journey, have noticed a difference in that. Um, not necessarily, you know, that's kind of different, but kind of the same, because even though I'm, not putting on a ton of extra pounds, you could still say it matters because I, my, um, I have had increased in fat cells because, you know, I put on a couple of pounds and I can tell a difference in my MS because of what I'm eating. Yeah. And I'm five, three. Uh, I mean, on my tip. Okay. I'm probably five, two. I even lied in the military. You know how you can kind of like stand a teeny bit where your heels aren't really, yeah. you know, you stand against the wall and your heels are kind of raised a little bit, but they can't tell because they're looking at your head. So you're kind of like, so I, I'm probably five too, but uh, 
I uh, just recently, because of 2020, 2021, I, yeah, on my frame, I was in the 150s and um, I was drinking more. I was eating more. I was just ignoring basically my food. And so I had more fat cells on me. And I would say in the last two years before I took it off, um, I, the neuropathy. So right when I got out of bed, I would literally have to kind of like lean over for my first, maybe seven, eight steps to the bathroom. I couldn't stand straight up. Um, I would have that weird, like, uh, that like shooting kind of through, I think that's just neuropathy through your legs. Um, but it was always first thing in the morning. Um, you know, I couldn't walk up and down the stairs without hanging on. Um, my balance was terrible. I couldn't lift up my right leg to put it in uh, shorts or in pants. Like I had to lift it with my left hand. Um, I mean the, you know, the amount of thought process that goes into walking, um, and not tripping, like, like deliberately picking up one foot before you put the other foot down. Um, I still, you know, I still manage that, but holy crap, 26 pounds ago, it was way harder. And I also experienced what Bobby said, where I did have a attack, which was my pelvic floor attack, which was like insane. Um, but they did an MRI and they said they can't, they can no longer count the lesions. So that is just in a two year time span. I screwed myself. I so screwed Nick, myself in that, in that two years. Cause I've always known you to pretty much eat healthy. You felt like in those two years, you were not eating what, what led you to put on that weight as you were, were you just kind of given like, you just kind of gave into being like in the pandemic and eating kind of, but not, it's just not, not, I wouldn't say I was eating like fried. I just, I don't eat fried stuff, but I was eating too much. Absolutely. I was probably eating three times the calories. I should have been eating and then drinking. Drinking is not good with MS. And I know this, I've been through seasons of my life where I, I say I, I'm no longer drinking and I feel amazing. And then what do we do when we feel amazing? We, we tend to, because we feel yeah. amazing, yes. we backslide, right? Yeah. Because right. we feel like we're on top of the world. So, oh, it's okay. Yeah, let's go to that yeah. vineyard. Oh, that's okay. Let's go to that. And then before long, now you're like trapped in that sugar spiral and you're like, but it's so good. It's so good. And I'm having so much fun with my girlfriends. So I think that's really what happened. Um, and then of course the cortisol levels of 2020 and 2021, just being really yeah. angry about what was going on in the world. And just, yeah, I think with, all of yeah. it combined you know, right. and, and it's very hard with multiple sclerosis. Like once you do the damage, there's no turning back. Like it's already done. Yeah. 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 Right. So, I mean, when you, when, when you hear us talk about this, like we're not trying to, you know, discourage you, we're trying to encourage you to stop it. Now, if you're overweight, we're telling you, we literally were there. I was just there in September. I lost the 25 pounds in three months, um, with this program that I'm coach, I'm a coach for. Um, but you could do something now and don't let it progress. Don't let it get worse. You're hearing from all of us that you will get worse. You just heard from the science that you will get worse. Um, and maybe like you said, maybe it's just that sometimes we just need to be there for each other to encourage you. Like all of a sudden you, you've gone five years, you've always done well, you've eaten well, and then you've just gone on because of what we've been through the past three years of the pandemic. Maybe someone's listening. That's like, you know what? I have not been paying attention 
to my health as much. I know I've had a mess for 10 years and I've just noticed the past five years that I really haven't been eating well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we, you know, just let's, you know, it, to encourage you, like, this is why it matters. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So is there anything else you guys want to chit chat about? <laughs> I guess ultimately is, you know, whatever has happened in the past, it's in the past. Like that's something that personally I've had to really look at. Like I can't look back and have regret because I can't go back and fix it. Right. And whatever in each moment that I can. So like every meal I look at towards like, what could I put in that could really benefit my body? doesn't mean that, and this is the thing about like food. It doesn't have to be gourmet. It doesn't need to be like, look at this beautiful creation, like whatsoever, because I feel like we have this expectation because of social media and we see all these beautiful pictures and you're thinking, well, it doesn't look like this. So it's probably not going to be that bet, like the greatest. It's not going to taste that great. And I definitely just encourage you just to focus on one meal, one meal out of your day and making it better. And before you know, it's going to be super easy for you. And then move on to adding two meals a day. Like it takes small steps because I feel like when you go so hardcore in, like you do really well, especially if you don't have the mindset, right. It's going to crash. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to mention too, Bobby is just, I think our one, we need to, you know, MS is just taking it one day at a time. I also think obviously we have to prepare and plan to succeed. So we want to, you know, like do read things and start doing things that will help make better choices in our nutrition and our um, overall health. But also knowing like if we can, if you can take one meal at a time, one day at a time and just, you know, start thinking about though, you know, shifting, do a paradigm shift in thinking, you know what, what I'm putting in my mouth affects how I'm going to walk today or run today or, you know, or in the future that it could affect how, you know, I want to live healthy for longer then I can make a better choice for today in the moment that I'm in. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah. Well, Um, and definitely like looking at like what nutrition to follow. My encouragement to you is basically find something that you can sustainably do long-term. That's the ultimate goal. Like you want to be able to do this mm long-term because if you can do it long-term, that means that that weight is going to shed off and it's going to stay off. Versus doing like a fad diet. Yeah, you're going to drop the weight, but can you sustain it? There's a high percentage out there that you it's been shown you can't. So people revert back to old ways. So do something that you can actually do. Doesn't mean the next person to you is doing something else. Doesn't mean what you're doing is wrong. So that was something that I had to learn personally and feel okay with that. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of diets out there and that, and I would highly, um, encourage you if you do have, you know, if you're, it could be very, it could be very disheartening if you're in the two hundreds and you're supposed to be one thirty, or if you, you know, if you're so far from goal that you think that's not going to make a difference or, you know, it's going to be a fat, I would highly encourage you to reach out to me. Um, I am coaching a program founded by a, uh, critical care doctor and it is used in hospitals and, um, it's just a great way to be given something and you just do what I say. 
And then it will get you to that goal where then you can look at the walls protocol. You can look at the best bet diet and it will be more apt to actually like click, right? You're like, I could totally do this. I'm at my goal weight. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to do this best bet diet. Yeah, it just makes it more simple than having to pick a diet when you're 80 pounds overweight. Um, it can be very discouraging. And um, then you can and on the reason, you know, like it doesn't, not about just the scale, but like, okay, and the weight, which comes when you're eating better, but like the reason, like, man, I'm fueling my body, what I'm putting into my body matters because it's affecting my cells. It's affecting how my body is reacting. And do I want, you know, how, how my MS is going to be affected by, yeah, what, what I'm, yeah, how I'm living my life, you know? Yeah. Inflammation, man. I think I said that. Well, no. So obesity is considered, is medically considered a chronic state of low grade inflammation. I agree. I mean, even I know when my husband um, was diagnosed with hereditary heart disease and we went to holistic doctor and you know, he was going to be, he is vegan. And he was like, I'm more concerned. He goes, I don't get as concerned with, um, you know, if you want to eat some red meat in moderation, but just know that your body, this is a disease of inflammation, also heart disease, also multiple sclerosis, all these autoimmune disease, inflammation. And what are those things that cause inflammation? Sugar, mm-hmm. you know, all, and what's it like flour, what you, everything we talked about last week. I mean, those are things yeah. that, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, I, I hope hopefully we're leaving you encouraged and um, wanting to, you know, make some changes. We'll be back next week. Yeah. All right. Bye. See Bye. ya. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining.